Welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm your host, Taylor Karg, marketing content writer at AmericanEagle.com. Today, we're going to talk about how to align SEO and PPC. To do that, I have here with me SEO expert Dan Drucker and PPC expert Patrick Gavin. Dan and Patrick, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Excited to be here. Would both of you like to introduce yourself, including your role here at AmericanEagle.com, a little bit about your experience in the field that you work in, and what your daily responsibilities are? Want to go first, Patrick? All right, Patrick Gavin. Uh, I am a senior PPC specialist here at American Eagle. I have been doing paid search since it was bid to position, uh, so almost 20 years now, uh, wow. back when the internet was kind of like the wild, wild west. You could actually see what people were bidding and everything. They would show you your CPCs and who your competitive, what they were bidding. And uh, then they came out with these algorithms and changed the game. So I've been here since the early times. Wow. And kind can, of a dinosaur in the yeah. paid search world. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your daily responsibilities at AmericanEagle.com? Uh, I work with most of our enterprise clients and I manage uh, their paid search accounts for Repair Clinic, Kansas City Stakes, and Frontier. Um, they're pretty big accounts. Yeah. Um, overall, I'd say it's over a million dollars a month in spend that I manage. Whoa. Wow. Well, that's great. Dan? Thanks. Hey, uh, my name is Dan Drucker. I've been with American Eagle really just under a year now, but I've been in the digital space since 2005. I actually started in PPC back then, but have touched everything from SEO to web development to social media to email marketing, website monetization, lead generation, a variety of different things. Mm -hmm. uh, responsibilities here, well, as a digital marketer, I work with uh, members of the, P the PPC team as well as the SEO team and the email marketing team trying to uh, create integrated marketing programs for our clients, as well as trying to coach the SEO team in developing new processes to streamline all of our efforts. Awesome. And if you guys haven't listened yet, Dan was actually on the podcast a few weeks ago and we, where we talked all about local SEO. Mm -hmm. So that was a good one too. Okay. So I think we should just jump right into today's topics. And that is all about how to align SEO and PPC but I think to start off, we need to, you know, just explain a little bit about what each is. Dan, can you start us off? Briefly explain SEO. SEO stands for search engine optimization. And the goal in search engine optimization is to really earn what they call organic rankings on search engine results pages. We'll probably just say SERPs moving forward, but that's really the goal of it. And it takes time to achieve that. You're basically creating content, updating your website, building offsite profiles to inform Google and users what your authoritative claim is or what your website is all about and building keywords around that. So when people are searching on those topics, your website, the organic listings have an opportunity to appear. Awesome. Patrick, can you explain a little bit about PPC? Yeah, pay-per-click marketing. Um, this is Google ads and Bing ads mostly. A um, little bit different than SEO where you're hoping that the search engines will pick you up, you're looking at your website content. This is actually paying for the traffic, looking at the keywords that you wanted, that you think drive overall business to your site. And that's looking at top level search terms, the most broad terms that you can think of for a business, even down into the long tail, those lower funnel terms that will convert uh, more users at a higher click. The thing I love about paid search is you can build the campaigns and you get to see the results right away. Whereas SEO, sometimes you can make changes and it takes a little bit longer to, you know, get the right optimization in and for the crawler to come back and increase your ranking. 
uh, paid search. You can literally load stuff up and you're live like, you know, within a couple of minutes and making money. I had to, yeah. I had to smile at your term. It takes a little bit more time. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit more time. Just a little bit. When I was doing research for this episode, I saw something like comparing SEO and PPC to the tortoise and the hare. And then I thought that was funny. I, I think that's actually a pretty yeah. good analogy. I, I've had to explain it in a, in a variety of different ways where I'm a big workout guy. I have a home gym and I feel like, you know, SEO is kind of like I'm always working out. That's yeah. my daily plan. I'm always doing it, but I have to change it up every once in a while. If I want to focus on something, or if mm -hmm. I want something to, you know, if I'm trying to build up my chest or build up my foot speed, I'm diving into that and focusing on it. So I think that's kind of you know, a comparable yeah. analogy a little bit. Yeah. If only working out was like pay-per-click, you go lift some weights, the next thing be you done. know, you got guns the next morning. Yeah, right? I would certainly pay a lot. <laughs> right? I know people that. would be in the great? gym a lot. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, Dan, can you tell me a little bit about what the benefits of SEO are? Oh, I think there's a variety of benefits with SEO. I mean, the key thing is when you think about your overall marketing plan and, and what you're trying to have your business be known for, this is really where SEO comes into play. Again, I say it all the time, but, you know, what is your authoritative statement? What is your authoritative claim? What do you want the website to be about? When you can define that clearly, you can begin to implement different SEO tactics to support that. Really leaning into the keyword research, both long tail and short tail, but also content marketing and content distribution. But it really does come down to understanding who you are as a business and what you want users in Google to understand as your business. What about the benefits of PPC? Uh, PPC, I think the big thing is you can get to market really fast and you can see data immediately and mm -hmm. track that back to your sales or your whatever your conversion point is. Uh, if you think about what marketing was, say, 20 years ago, it was mostly running commercials on television. Couldn't you say that anybody bought your product more because of your efforts on television or through radio? Maybe, maybe not. It's really hard to put a number to that. Whereas paid search, you can load up your campaigns, turn them on, go live on Google and Bing and see results within hours. So how do you decide which strategy to use for what? So like when and why would you use SEO individually and when and why would you use PPC individually? That's a really good question. I don't know if, if that's always the best approach to look at them as yeah. individually. I mean, I, I tackle is that it really is all of the above. Yeah. You have yeah. to have a strategy for both. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the SEO plays more on this authoritative claim of the website, your long-term business goals, what you're going to be doing. That has to be in play and that has to constantly be monitored. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have initiatives. You're going to have new pages that pop up. You're going to have new products. And you need to see if, you know, the market has interest in it. If you're going to get traction on your website, great place for PPC to lean into. Yeah, and I don't think you can have paid search without SEO mm -hmm. because um, the big thing with Google is what is the user experience, your you know landing page experience, your historical click-through rate, all those things play into the what's on the website, which is the SEO part. So you can go out and build campaigns, but if you're not targeting the right keywords on the site that you're sending your traffic to, Google's going to give you a very low quality score. You're going to pay in a high CPC cost. You might have a lower click-through rate. So. Uh, really trying to do one without the other. It doesn't make a whole doesn't lot totally of sense. Work, yeah. um, but I could see how a company might want to start with SEO, build the site, get things going, and then use paid search to supplement where their shortfalls are on the organic side while they wait for Google to catch up. And I've seen it done completely the opposite way too. And it makes total sense. So when mm -hmm. a new website gets launched and you're trying to build some momentum in SEO, but you have a focus area, it makes total sense to invest in paid search to drive traffic to those pages to see how users interact so you can make future decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before we talk about more of the ways that you can align them, 
Are there any instances where, you know, one may negatively impact the other? Uh, I think sometimes on a brand side, you could see that because when you target sort of like a branded campaign, you do take some of that direct uh, organic traffic away. It's one of the questions we always have between uh, SEO and paid search is, is paid search cannibalizing what you would have already gotten through organic. I always tell clients that if you don't bid on your own brand name, somebody else is going to bid against it and they're going to take your traffic. So it's a, a brand play is more of a protection of your market share. And yes, that does kind of eat into some of the organic uh, search volume and the conversion that we see from it. Um, and that can go as far as on keywords as well. If they rank number one on a top search term, but we're also bidding against that term, uh, we do see sometimes fluctuation where people click on the first link they see. And if you're number one in ads, you're going to get that click where organic might not get it. But it's not always a guarantee that your ads show up. So it's yeah. good to have both. And for SEO and PPC, can you use the same, like target the same keywords or do, is your strategy for keywords different for those two? Uh, I think top level search terms, we always go after the same things. But the one thing that we found really effective with uh, like Repair Clinic, when they relaunched their website after the migration was looking at uh, how the crawlers re-index the site and where things might have fallen off on the organic side and use paid search to supplement that drop so that they can work on the SEO tactics to get the ranking back up. So maybe we're not targeting every keyword. Uh, I'd say my view of paid search, there's probably 15 to 25 keywords in a campaign that'll do most of the heavy lifting. But if we see a longer tail keyword that possibly is dropped off the first page, we can go and target that term a little more effectively to try and keep us top of page while we get the organic ranking back up to number one. Yeah, and just to go back to the original question, I think you know if a customer or a client is in their main focus right now is like lead generation or sales on a specific thing. I'm gonna say, we gotta get Patrick involved immediately. Yeah. Because SEO is gonna be way too long for it. We have uh -huh. a client like that right now where they came on as an SEO retainer and we started talking about how we're gonna build out their local search and things along those lines. And I think two days after the kickoff call, they called us and said, I don't understand what's going on. I'm paying you, I'm paying another firm. Where are my leads? That's the indicator. SEO is not gonna be the right path for them immediately. We gotta get paid involved. Yeah, and that kind of segues nicely into a question that I had for both of you. And that's, so you know, at like digital marketing agencies, SEO team and the PPC team are, you know, somewhat siloed because, you know, you're all working on different things and different clients and different goals. How do you two kind of work together and, you know, in your roles? And how do we bring the SEO and PPC together? I would say on our side uh, with Repair Clinics, the one I keep going back to, um, we looked at it as sort of an omni-channel approach where, you know, they have a rather large site, a lot of products, a lot of different appliances, a lot of different parts. It's hard to rank number one for everything. This is where- Well, especially you, Repair Clinic, right? Because yeah. they have so many. I remember yeah. the case study Hun on them. Hundreds of thousands yeah. of parts. I mean, how do you get every single part number one? And it's not a space where there's only a couple of competitors. There's a lot of people and they have to compete with Amazon who, on the paid search side can just dominate the shopping space with uh, unlimited budget. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where these two teams talked a lot. And we looked at sort of like an omni-channel approach as where can paid search do some of the heavy lifting or, you know, what are the target terms that are good terms that maybe we can't fit everything onto the page? I mean, the one thing you can't do, and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't stuff a page with keywords anymore. Yeah, uh, that no. used to be an old yeah. school way of old doing school it. Way of doing it. 
So you have to really focus on what are the top terms for driving traffic, but that's only a, you know, 60, 70% of the overall SERP. That other 30% is where I think paid search can be supplementing that. And that's where we need direction from the SEO team on where do you need help? What are these target terms that you can account for that we can pick up on paid search to make sure that we are covering all the possible avenues for a client? Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, aligning SEO and PPC through, you know, both teams need to be communicating through taking an omni-channel approach. And Patrick, you kind of talked a little bit before about using PPC to supplement SEO. Mm -hmm. Are there any other ways that, you know, SEO and PPC can work together to benefit a business overall? Oh, oh, 100%. I think in either way, if you're finding activity or success and one of those channels are on specific terms, that other channel should be leaning into it. So if we hear that PPC is being successful on a set of key terms, we got to start creating content on that website to make sure we're, we're bringing in some of the organic. Same thing. If we're seeing something really take hold on the website, we're getting a lot of interest, a lot of users. It makes a whole lot of sense to say, hey, is this something we want to develop a PPC campaign for? So mm -hmm. that conversation and that, that communication has to be going back and forth at all times. Yeah. Another great thing, too, is with Google's dynamic search ads. Uh, this is something we've launched across a lot of our accounts with uh, some sites. The dynamic search allows Google to crawl the website and find the traffic for your paid search campaign where you don't actually have to create the keywords let tell google i want to target you know refrigerators or oh, nice. i want to target senior living and google will go look at the page and start pulling in all the traffic but it goes through the entire website and one thing that we found was that there were some pages that weren't supposed to be on the website that google found and indexed and was sending paid search traffic to that's where we can notify oh, the wow. SEO team and say, hey, did you know that there's this URL? It doesn't look like anything else in the structure that we've seen. And that's where we find those hidden pages that maybe we didn't even know were being indexed because some of these libraries are, you know, a million URLs. It's yeah. not something it's like trying to find that needle in a haystack. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. Is that a fairly new tool or I've never really heard of that before? The dynamic search is something Google uh, started doing a few years back and we started implementing it uh, as like a standalone along with keyword search. And now what we're doing with our clients is looking at this, what we call modern search, uh, where you use the DSA to kind of pick up any of the search terms you might be missing, but stack the keyword campaigns inside with the DSA so that you get your keyword search. Google will use those terms for ads, but it will also pick up anything like for like repair clinic part numbers. I mean, yeah. think about 100,000 SKUs. I can't account for every single part number that could possibly be on the site. And that inventory changes on the day, on the week, seasonality. That's where the DSA comes in handy because it will do that part number pickup for us where we can focus on, you know, the refrigerator repair part terms and, you know, the brand terms. And have you found all of this to be, you know, successful for a repair clinic? Yeah, it's uh, was so successful for a repair clinic that we took the same strategy and used it on Kansas City Stakes. We're seeing some really good uh, returns on that. And uh, it's a strategy that we've started to implement across all of our clients, small and large. Awesome. So what are the benefits of having SEO and PPC work together? Like what kind of benefits does your overall, you know, online presence see? Uh, I think there's uh, there's a handful at, at face value. I think when they work together, you're giving customers the chance to own more of the SERP results by having both organic and paid listed there. But back when I was doing paid 2006, 2007, I remember seeing studies that said that searchers would conduct anywhere between eight and 12 searches 
before they would actually convert. And I can see those searches, you know, creating new results. And by having those together, both paid and organic, you're always engaging with that customer. Yeah. And when you look at Google Analytics and you go and look at the assisted conversions, the touch points, I mean, it, it is not just organic, direct, paid search. There's email, there's social. And you can see how many different touch points there are and how these things are all working together to drive that user back into the website and convert them. I think that's one of the reasons why they're both key to have working together because on the organic side, especially with some of our clients, there's seasonality involved. Sometimes in Google ads, we can see like the shift from like right now we're ending, we're hitting the end of fall. We're about to hit the to, into winter. We can see sometimes on Google ads that the furnace traffic picks up ahead of schedule or, oh, mm -hmm. um, you know, Thanksgiving with supply chain issues that are going on right now for Kansas City steaks where that, you know, we originally thought maybe in November, that's when people started looking to buy turkeys and get ready for the holidays. We can see now that that traffic, you know, is coming earlier. People are trying to get out ahead of the holidays, you know, not knowing whether or not is there going to be enough diesel gas or what is going to be the shipping delays, especially with all the supply chain issues we saw last year during COVID. You see that early adoption a lot sooner. And these two teams can communicate with each other by looking at that traffic through the tools that we have and say, hey, you know, this is picking up way ahead of where it was last year. And then we can go and look at the site. Are we optimized for these terms? Do we need to change, you know, the page title here from holiday to Thanksgiving or from Thanksgiving to Christmas to get ahead of that and let the search engines index the site and move us back up in the rankings? Yeah, that's great. I didn't even think about any of that kind of stuff. And going back to what you said, way back when you started in like 2005, 2006, and searchers had to, or were completing, you know, eight to 12 searches before they, you know, found what they were looking for and thinking about myself. And I'm like, I want to do one Google search and that's it. And if I don't find it, I'm angry. <laughs> well, yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but you think about some people start their, their search for shoes, women's shoes. Yeah black women's shoes or, you know, yep. however, however it narrows down. But yeah. you want to be sure that you're popping up with all of those results. And mm -hmm. it's going to be a mix between paid and organic if you have a full, you know, comprehensive approach to it. Yeah. And reviews are really big now, too, where people, you know, want to they look at who they're trying to find, what the product is they're trying to find. And they might find three or four businesses that, you know, sell this product. The next thing they're going to go do is who's got the best, you know, customer service reports, what's their, you know, Yelp uh, or their Google My Business ranking. Yeah. And they're going to look at that star ranking and they're going to do a lot more research than they probably did in the past. Um, I think Internet users are getting a lot more savvy than they used to be. And especially with the younger demographic, everybody is always on mobile. Mm -hmm. And that's the next you know, thing that we're always trying to work towards is, you know, how do we capitalize on that mobile traffic or what about the next social media channel? I mean, Everybody was so focused on Twitter and Facebook and then TikTok just blew up. Yeah. So how do you turn that into a functional channel and what indications and information can the can SEO and paid learn from that social media? It's kind of I've talked about on the other podcast, that ecosystem you're developing, right? I mean, the searches are going to be on Google, but they might go offsite. You're just mentioning mm -hmm. the profiles and things like that. You have to make sure you have that presence everywhere and it's aligned and integrated behind your main message because you don't know where your consumers are at all times. You got to make sure you have a presence so you can connect with them no matter where they are. Yeah. You brought up a great point just talking about mobile. And I, to be honest, I don't even know if I ever really thought about like paid ads on mobile. Is that a different strategy or is it all kind of just 
one and the same. It used to be that you could run specific mobile advertising and then desktop advertising and then Google combined everything. I think what they found was a lot of small businesses were having trouble keeping up against, you know, agencies and yeah. corporations that they don't have the people on staff to manage those. So Google made it a lot easier. You can do call only ads within your keyword search. But I think the big thing that uh, you talked about on your last uh, podcast is that localized search. Yeah. Um, the local map by uh, smart feature inside of Google ads has become something where uh, we've seen a lot of success. We find that the CPC costs are a lot cheaper and you're really targeting that specific local area. It doesn't work for everybody because, you know, if you think about like a repair clinic or Kansas City Stakes, they have one home location. You can kind of draw a circle around that map to get that local area. But if you think about somebody like Frontier, who has, you know, 130, 140 different uh, properties that they're managing, that is all localized searched. And if you think about, you know, senior living, you know, I'm not going to put my mom someplace that's two and a half hours away yeah. from my house. Mm -hmm. I want it to be close. That's where I think this local map buy and that is all mobile and especially with the younger demographic and how much they're on phones, you really have to be on there to make sure you're doing that. I think for like landscaping services and things like that is another one where uh, when we do some of these audits on accounts, we go and look and we don't see any other landscaping companies on there. And it's a huge missed opportunity where we can get a client in there. And they can dominate that because the ads go above the GMB listings. Yeah. So and, and as much as everybody is getting savvy on the Internet, they still click on the first link. Yeah. They don't see that <laughs> ad right next to it and they just click on it. So that's just more traffic that you're driving into the site. Yeah, it's amazing how important local is becoming. Yeah. More and more so on the paid side. It's been there on the organic side. But you're right. I mean, people are looking for local businesses mm -hmm. to, to, you know, in their area. And, paid can support that tremendously. Yeah. And up until, you know, we had the local SEO episode of Modern Marketing Messages, I was like, wow, I really didn't even think about any of this stuff that we talked about. And like you and Kevin were talking about, even on a location page, adding, you know, community happenings and landmarks and all that stuff, because that helps Google crawl your page even more and show up. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think about any of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the great thing too is with the location settings, I mean, you can drill down to a city, you can drill down to a zip code, and then you can go and look at the location data and see what your impression share is. So you might say in you know Chicago, I have a 87% impression share, but on you know in Wrigleyville, I'm only at 50%. You can actually put a bid modifier on that specific location to increase your presence there. Whereas in the you know previous, I'd say a couple of years back, it would be, I can only bid up on all of Chicago, which yeah. is then gonna inflate all of the costs. So this is one thing that uh, we do at American Eagle is really try to focus on what are your target areas because the more levers we can have to pull, the better we can optimize and we can give better return on investment for our clients. Do you think it's ever gonna get more granular than that? I don't like, know. I want to target people that's on this street address. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think it could, but Google is also very protective mm -hmm. of that end user. Um, one of the things they took away, or I shouldn't say take, took away, that they limit is being able to see the back end data as much as you used to be able to see it. I mean, when I first started doing search, you got to see every single keyword. There was a, a company that we worked with, uh, Kinshu, that had an amazing report uh, when I was at uh, my last company. And 
they would actually not just show you the term searched, but the actual term that got typed in, which helped really? us expand our buy. And then one day, uh, I think Google figured out that clients were able to do this and they pulled that and you could no longer see the actual typed in traffic. And if you go and look at your search term report, you'll see down at the bottom, like 40 or 50% of your clicks and impressions sometimes are not statistically significant to Google. Yeah. But it's like I paid for that. Uh -huh. I spent $2,000 in the last week on these terms, but Google doesn't feel that those terms are valid enough for you to see them. And that's some of that search traffic where I don't know on a mobile side if they would be allowing you to target because then you could really zero in on, yeah, I know this person, they live right there. Mm -hmm. But again, I mean, I watch a lot of stuff on, you know, TikTok and Facebook and that digital footprint that everybody's leaving from a very young age. It, it's amazing how, how well they can target people. But Google will always try to protect the end user from you not being able to know exactly who it is. You might have a general idea, but they won't know that it's Patrick or Dan and yeah. I live here, I work here. So this question is kind of out of left field a little bit, but... And we don't have to, you know, name any companies, but what is like the most expensive um, paid ad campaign you've worked on? I'm just curious on, you know, what that price is at. The most expensive CPCs I've seen are usually in legal. Those CPCs can average somewhere around like 15 to $20 because they know on the back end how much a settlement is worth. Yeah. I would say on average, we see anywhere from like two to $5 CPCs, but we've seen them as high as 12 to $13. It really depends on the market and uh, how competitive it is. I mean, when you think about how big the reach of Amazon is, mm -hmm. they can buy out a, a, a SERP really easily and drive cost up on you. So, I mean, it really depends on your competition. And that's one of the things I think with uh, SEO and paid is trying to figure out where is there not a lot of competition that we can maybe corner the market. I always tell uh, clients a story from my last job. Uh, I worked at a payroll company and we always knew it was payroll services, payroll and payroll software. Those were the big terms, but we were able to find this nanny payroll, this niche market that had great return, low cost, weren't a lot. Of, most of our competitors weren't even there. So we were able to really just get in there and get a ton of leads and a lot of conversion out of it. It wasn't the same uh, buy as a payroll software client, but it still provided overall revenue. When I worked at uh, Ticket Broker, uh, we had an affiliate program and I used to tell, they used to say, I don't understand how you can advertise on all these terms and be making money. And I said, well, you're trying to buy Yankee, go after Yankees and Cubs tickets. Those are the most expensive tickets out there. But you know what people aren't going after? 311. They're not going after some of this theater stuff. You got to find those little niches, you know, inside each account that you can corner the market on. Um, you know, maybe someone like repair clinic, maybe it's garbage disposals, maybe it's trash compactors, maybe that's, you know, everybody's going after refrigerators, dishwashers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's always stuff on the site that maybe isn't as competitive where you can get that good return on ad spend, which will help supplement overspending on some of the bigger campaigns. Because in the end, you're just trying to hit an overall number for a return on ad spend or an overall account CPA. And it's about understanding where are those holes in the market that the competition is not exactly on that we can dominate. I think that last point about that overall number and ROAS, but over, over overall, just in general, your digital presence is where really you should be focusing on because these channels, they're going to have their ebb and flows. You talk yeah. about in seasonality and things like that. 
understand that there's going to be changes, but focus on the real goal that you have. How is your digital presence growing? Are you maintaining your, your traffic levels? Are you growing those traffic levels? Are you strengthening what you already have? Are you expanding your reach, right? If you focus on that main number, you're going to be able to absorb these changes as channels adjust. Yeah. And I also think like looking at digital marketing holistically, mm -hmm. um, you know, competition changes. Amazon is such a major player. I know I keep referencing them. Yeah. Um, it's but, hard not to, though, because yeah, everyone they, understands. Yeah. But they can drive up the cost. They can make an auction really expensive. So that can, in turn, you know, kind of lower your performance metrics for a period of time. Um, I know that, you know, right before the holidays, they get super aggressive. So if paid search is, you know, down, did SEO go up because these two sometimes offset one another. Sometimes organic, you know, returns are down, but your paid is up. And so we don't want to have our clients looking at things in a silo. We want them to look at it overall. How do we do from paid, from social, from SEO? And did the overall number move, not just this specific channel versus this specific channel and looking at it, you know, last week versus this week? It, you know, how did the whole picture look? What is our full digital footprint? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was all the time that we had for today. Thank you both for, you know, talking to me and you both gave some really great points about all this stuff. I know I learned a lot, so I think our listeners will too. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Modern Marketing Messages. For more information about the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. If you like this episode, follow the podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, give us a rating and share this podcast with others. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Modern Marketing Messages. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Taylor Karg, and I'll be back with another Modern Marketing Message.